Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Today we're talking about Navi and their debut and so far uh, only album or only full length album called Where We Are, which was released mm-hmm. in 2012. I'm here talking with Mark again. Yeah, hello. Yeah, so we played with Navi a couple times. I was the one that probably introduced you to their music in anticipation of that, I guess. I don't think so, actually. I think I think you mentioned them and t- told me who they are. You may have sent me something. I didn't listen to any MP3s or anything. We, we played with them at their synagogue, and it and I think that was your synagogue at the same time. Uh, we I saw them live and then picked up the album after that. On on the way to AMF, I think we saw them like play a, a couple more times. I'd seen them in a few times leading up to that, and they had. Uh, release a demo with some of the songs on that were on the same album uh like us you know they got the album out in time for the summer 2012 messianic music festival you know since they were all attending the same synagogue they didn't play week to week at the synagogue i'd say they were rotated in a worship like that they would be part of the normal worship team and then they would play uh, pretty frequently at the synagogue in Skokie, maybe once a month or so. Where do they record this? Do they record it uh, at the at the synagogue, or do they go to a studio? It seems something like it was a a connection they had. I think it. They spent a lot of time working on the album, and then I think they also they actually did have spent a little time uh, working on uh, supposedly the follow-up album i imagine um oh nice unless they're doing yeah some songs but they they've kind of been teasing that through i think it was even like more than a year ago of course we we also did the same thing where we spent a lot of time working on it on an album but yeah that would be a a longer gap you know for nine to ten years you know so it was three people in the band or at least three main people in the band with recording one of my friends stephanie would um occasionally perform with them and occasionally write some songs for them and I think she started doing less with the band um, by the time the recording was done and did less less concerts and stuff with that she did some solo music and stuff like that but she was part of the band with originally but uh-huh. Matt Levy is the main singer and then I I knew the other two people too uh, Kim Moore and UD uh, Lang Matt was 20, Kim was 20, and Yudi was 18 uh, when the album came out. Yeah. The original recordings when that's her were around that age. Who's Who are the vocalists? That's Matt and the Kim? Yeah. Uh, so it was Matt also did guitar, Kim did piano, and then I think Yudi just did uh, violin. Did they switch up on piano? Because I know I remember Matt playing piano occasionally. Yeah, yeah, there was like one song that it is especially. Um, okay. It was kind of the same thing as us where they recruited 
drums or if they had someone join them on stand-up bass. You know, looking at the at the cover, I'd originally thought one thing all the time, but then I had reevaluated it kind of after listening to the songs again. What do you think the album is about? It looks like Noah, right? That was my reevaluation of it, you know, especially with the song Noah. At first, maybe just because the boat is so small. Uh, my initial thought was like, oh, is this uh, supposed to be the basket holding Moses? Ah, that's nice. I like that. That's a good idea. You know, now I think it's it's uh, definitely Noah. I am uh, critical of the artwork a little. Um, I don't know if I could draw it better, but I think, <laughs> I think this the quality of the music isn't represented by the quality of the artwork. It looks like indie, but it look, I like the idea, like the adult coloring books that they have now, where, you know, kids like can draw between the lines, but now they have a lot of these kind of books for, for adults where they draw the color between the lines. I couldn't draw it as well. But if they, this had been like the, like the second take, maybe they could have done a third take and probably would have looked just a little better. A, a 2D version that was computerized would have been good. Uh-huh. They actually had some pretty good hand photos. That could have mm-hmm. been worked. Of course, it would have shown that they're they're young. The song "Who Can Tell." They often also led with this as their first song at, that they would play live. Yeah, that's a good opener. Like some real life stuff in it. Or at least uh, the song they're writing about, like when they're kids, or as, as the verses. I mean, technically, I guess it could be some of it could be college, but it feels like a grade school or high school kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, high school. There's some comments about the, like the the cereal and the meatloaf that doesn't look like meat. <laughs> yeah, was Matt uh, a fan of Reliant K? Some of these lyrics reminded me of like some of some early Reliant K, the, the first few albums from that band. You are right. Um, he actually listed that like his second on on his influences. Okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, first. Uh, I didn't quite relate to the song. I do like the rest of the message. I don't mind them like telling a, a real life story for, for once because that almost never happens in uh, messianic music, at least, you know, in yeah. Christian worship. There's a little bit of a double meaning, right? At first they're like, who can tell, who can tell? And then they say, you can tell, you can tell. Is that talking to the Lord? Yeah, so I, I like that, you know, talking about God be, being in control. God isn't telling the author like what's happening so i think this is a good introduction due to the band their their dynamics and it's an upbeat song the the two vocalists and like the piano and the violin and the guitar how they interplay i do think it's a little uh too simplistic or straightforward on the i do like that you know it slows down on the who can tell you can tell part but up to mm-hmm. that it just kind of rolls forward and well, Eshtah Shah is actually my favorite song on the album. Um, cool. I think it's up there in like maybe their second most popular song. The Hebrew is the same as the English, you know, talk about I will delight in your commandments. So the verse is, is Psalm 119. And then the refrain with the fear of the Lord and his commandments keep. This is all that man should do is Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Uh-huh. Those are both examples of where, you know, it theologically makes sense. Um, and I've definitely heard them before. And then, but I did have to look up like where it was from. Makes sense. 
Yeah, this is a nice one-two punch at the top of the album. <laughs> uh, and this is like, it's a little edgier uh, dynamic here. Like the music that I would characterize as more uh, like Jewish has like a somewhat of a darker tone. But the, but this one, this, the music fits the 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 meaning of the, the, the lyrics that you were just saying. Seems to fit a lot of maybe contemporary messianic music a little. It's still the same instrumentation of classic like piano, upbeat piano songs. But uh -huh. I think it's it, it's upbeat in tempo, but then a little darker in the sound. I think you know, and then still it can vary in the in the message and things like that. So I think it it fits in well. Like this is something that I think would actually work really well as worship outside of the band. It's a little tough, um, or there's a lot of words to learn. I like the harmonization and especially the violin on this this song. A tight four minute song, you know. I think that the like it's kind of a well I can describe it as a little bit of a like that you know certain songs have a flow and they kind of visualize it like a, a well run machine, you know, like clockwork or gears. And it does flow in well from the previous song. Well, Afoata, we both had the physical CDs, but over time they went somewhere else. I think my parents probably have my own Messianic CDs. And I looked it up. It's like, so it's, where are you? You know, I was tempted to say like, okay, well, this is related to the where we are. Um, but right. It doesn't quite match up. Is this, the one, is this like uh, Garden of Eden? Let me look that up. That's a good reference. Lord calling out to you. Adam, where are you? Okay, you know, after they've, you know, they're hiding, they're hiding in sin. Looks like there's some slightly different Hebrew, but I, I don't know enough about the different words. I know just enough Hebrew to say that it's not the, the where we are. I don't really have any insight in the, the title of the album. The symbolic side could be like, you know, we are fallen from sin. But then also the fact that like, you know, they were 20, 20 years old. <laughs> I just finally recorded an album and kind of capturing the music where, where they are now. Do you have anything on what can I do? Was this based off of uh, like a real person who passed away? I, I don't remember. I think there was some backstory about it, but. Um, Is she like in heaven too at the, at the end? Um, yeah, I think so. I like the, the reprise. The main song goes on a little long. I like the meaning of it, uh, of the song. It's kind of hard to talk about death and do it in a poetic way i like the uh, the overall meaning of the song they they tell music well with their soft little you know guitar piano and violin like since they use yesterday a bunch acoustic guitar and stuff thinking of the song yesterday by the beatles i like prefer the message of the navi song but the song is written better in the in the beatles song but that's okay so the song is more of a personal story like it doesn't really work in the worship context as much even though it has a you know messianic message of hope going on to their uh, most popular song or well-known song i think they would often use to close um, would be on the topic of doubt parentheses roman song i remember when they first started out it was just called roman song and that's kind of a cool name yeah and i even remember Matt wanted to come up with an alternate title for it. And he said, 
ask if there's any suggestion. I guess they, they did come with up with the, the on the topic of doubt title later. The only reason is that the, and so it's about a, a Roman person, but that the music doesn't fit it. So you mean it sounds like too Irish? In college, I, I wrote a song, like a kind of a pirate song. My brother had a pirate song, pirate Irish song. And then I had a, I wrote one called To Norway. And sometime my brother and I may re- record it. I really like uh, the riffs that they do. And especially when the, um, like the guitar and the uh, the violin are like in, in harmony or they're synchronizing. My brother had a pirate song. Sounds like it could be the first line of a pirate song. <laughs> I hadn't thought about the Irish and pirate kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Like it plays off uh, good vocal strengths. The way he normally sings, if he sings the verses, it's not maybe his his main style, but I think he does a good job on that. And then it builds up the chorus. The yeah, it's like why do I see clearly when others don't? It's a, it's a well constructed song. It's a bit long, um, I think, towards the end. Uh, the, the key change that they throw in, I think, helps. I think it was his, his child could be healed, like, even without having to physically witness it. They give him extra words. Could be words that the, the Roman soldier could have put together. You know, he doesn't have, like, that long of a, a moment in the scriptures. Yeshua does say, like, you know, I think he says his, his faith is greater than all of of Israel. Well, I think it's a pivotal example of Yeshua reaching the Gentiles, which is something that doesn't happen that often. Like, often, obviously, this was pre-Paul, and you know, the commissioner reached the world. And he recognized his authority, too. Well, Lo Mechabeh is another song in Hebrew. I had the advantage of filming one of their concerts, and I put it online. Their songs are um, available on YouTube, but there, it takes a little work to find find it even with searching the exact words. So I did have them introducing the song. The Hebrew is no mercy, or at least that's how he describes it. There's a few different words that could work for the translation. And he describes the same, that God dealing with deep sin. Oh. God doesn't have mercy for deep sin to persist or for actions to continue um, you know, without remorse. So that's a heavier song. Other than that, okay. you know, I don't really have much in, in the way of like what the song's actually talking about. The placement of the song right, right after a Roman song is is interesting because <laughs> the Roman song is kind of an up this upbeat, faith filled song, and then this one's like the do 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 do. But uh, I, I like that that message. I think that's a good, strong message, and it's true throughout all of Scripture. So that explains the 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 tone of the song. I do you wonder about the track list? Maybe this it is best to put this right after Roman song, or maybe it would it would have been better before <laughs> before Roman song. I think that justifies the the tone of the of the music. I do think they have an issue of too many long, um, drawn out songs. Like there's some interesting music parts and I actually do like the where it gets instrumental and then it stops before it starts again but it does add to the song length you know the song six minutes the album kind of closes out you know positive hope and alternates between doom and songs you know talking about like 
struggling. One of our albums, we kind of went positive for a while. And then we did a few of the kind of negative or um, prophetic. <laughs> prophetic songs. Yeah. Um, and then we, but then we did finish up with a couple positive songs. Towards this, the last half of the album, I end up liking the individual songs when I listen to them. I ended up liking it more than if I listened to them back to back to back. Maybe they just feel longer. Maybe it's the, the tonal shift. Their live shows were always about 30 minutes. They had about the, probably about the right length for recording the album. It did feel a little long. It's tough to have a all Hebrew song when you're playing for an American audience that doesn't know Hebrew. Keep it real simple and you know use well-known Hebrew songs that people would know. It's a little tough for an original song. It's a good message from song. So point to your life. The title is the message, which does remind me a little of, you know, how I especially used to write songs where you make a point with a chorus and just hammer it home. At home and <laughs> it's like a, a fundamental truth, but, you know, you're still repeating a lot. Build your house on the rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm giving myself a pass on that just because it's it's catchy and it's real, real quick and it's is a double meaning almost because it's just having fun yeah. the, you know the rock, rock term rock. there's some symbolism in that and like yeah. the folks just have to explain what the symbolism is if you're not and if you already knew the scripture then you knew the symbolism i did like the piano intro i think yeah, it was good. even by itself um the song is too long for me yeah it was seven minutes right you know the harmonizing towards the end works a little better live yeah, I think there are a lot of cool musical ideas here. Maybe if it's condensed a little bit, then, then it would have been stronger. But kudos to them for making a, a, a bold statement, though. So back to the prophetic or, you know, the less optimistic songs, uh, Refusing to be Heal. The title is a theme, but this one is more complex because it's that you do have to think about some. And at least how we explained it live, that people couldn't have faith, but if you have sin like you could choose to hold on to it i think uh c.s lewis also had an example like that if i'm thinking of it or maybe i'm thinking of another kind of classic theology or something where it's like you have to be able to to let go of your sin to, to be healed from it and then you like you realize that it's it's good to let go of it, of it. the song title is more is bolder or is more straightforward than the Maybe some of the song. I, I do like the uh, some of the the harmonies here. The the female vocals are are good, especially like on the why is this pain an ending? And yeah, there's some interesting different song songwriting choices. I usually like when um, both of them are are singing together the harmony, and then I like when Matt's singing lead, and then I guess just once in a while when Kim's singing like sec like lead vocal that that's fine but i think i think i like it more when it's i like matt's vocals a little more she has a nice indie rock vocalist it's like my impression is that like you know matt's the outgoing front end and then <laughs> the other two of them are are definitely more reserved yeah that might not just be your impression or at least i think i got that impression too i only met them briefly so you knew them better that works for an indie rock band though it's yeah. good. that's a good dynamic well, as we mentioned, Noah is uh, Matt's piano solo. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I guess he just doesn't 
usually do the piano stuff, but he did arrange that. And I think people like it. I'm I'm not sure. Some of the the live energy might just be that oh that's an instrumentation we were like we weren't expecting Matt to play piano. Yeah, I mean he does. He's a pretty good pianist. So it's Noah. That's the Hebrew for Noah. Like Noah is the male name, and then Noah is actually the the female Hebrew version of it. Of it. Oh, interesting. But it just means rest or repose, which kind of fits. It kind kind of fits with the like it being like a selah or something or a transition song. It's it's a heavy song. Even though it's just piano, being told that the Lord is going to wipe out all of humanity and that only your family is going to su survive, that's a pretty heavy story. Do you want to hear us discuss that more? Our Noah movie episode will be released by the time you're able to listen to this episode. Bahashamayim is in the heavens. Um, ah. You know, but is just like a preposition. But Hashamayim, like heavens is basically the same root word as clouds from water. Oh, interesting. I like the always faithful line. It didn't quite match up. It didn't perfectly match up, but there was some stuff that was a Psalm 36. So it's kind of a praise song. It starts off with some really uh, heavy guitar, whisper yelling vocals. But yeah, I like it. I like where the song ends with lots of energy. At first I was thinking, where did they end with this song? And like in the first, first few minutes but then it builds up and and it's it ends up being a good ender kind of an indie kind of rock song they have some songs where it's kind of an indie rock tempo or the, not really and then they have a little bit of the distorted guitar but like not at the same time so it's not like so there's never like a full rock song yeah it's not like too heavy it feels it seems heavy at first but then it's not it's not as heavy as it as a, you think it's going to go the beginning i was like anticipating a metal song <laughs> and then it's, it's like yeah it's like a praise song yeah that would be a funny way to end the album maybe not the traditional sing-along but lyrically it, it fits the uh, worship music and the psalms and things like that yeah yeah definitely i know they had a few extra songs that didn't make it but it's pretty much like the songs that they had all done up to that point and i think to give props for like you know they did economically but with good quality and you know mm -hmm. they get that and you know they were doing college and, and things like that you know the band never fully went away but you know they didn't stop with amf i know they were doing stuff for a year or two afterwards um i think they mm -hmm. had some ideas for the second album like way back then yeah i would like to see them um record record more they have a nice indie vibe that's like it definitely fits in with the rest of messianic music from what i can tell it's a bit indie I like having a good uh indie piano guitar violin band that has some of the tra some traditional elements but then also some some modern influence i preferred over like most messianic music um, that I, I found was interesting and i think and I, I like that they were taking risk um, musically. I think the second album, they probably do even, you know, more interesting stuff um, lyrically. I think I like the first, like about four or five songs. I, I really like the, the lyrics. Yeah, I think that the top half of this album is, is definitely the strongest. It's the part that I've listened to the most. You know, it's a little hard to find online, but there is links to 
YouTube. You can also, yeah, find a few of their live songs online so you can actually see what they, they look like. They have a Facebook that they, it's not too active, but that's kind of their main thing that they actually have as a presence. Like they're still at least Amazon and, you know, obviously digital and all that stuff if you're interested in picking up the album. Thank you for listening. Yeah. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.